Hello and welcome everyone to another weekly market commentary from Stashaway. With us, of course, our Chief Investment Officer, Freddie Lim. Hey, Freddie. Hi, Philip. Good to see you again. Good to see you as well. It's been a, a long couple of days now. Uh, you know, the US election, we've been, you know, long time coming. Uh, we've been talking about it quite a bit throughout the, the year. We finally came to a conclusion, but not really. <laughs> but Freddie, do you want to give a quick update? Obviously, markets have been, you know, on a roller coaster last week. And now, though, for the last two and a half days, right, it's been very, very positive, uh, even though for many people's surprise, we still don't have a president-elect, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, if we step back a bit, yes, um, Biden is leading with the counted votes, but there's still a lot of stuff coming in. Um, but the conclusion is that Biden, all he needs is to win Nevada, and he would have the minimum uh, majority of votes to to, to be a president. Um, but I don't personally, I don't think that who, who is the president is the important question for markets, but more about the party dynamics, party majorities in each chamber of the U.S. Congress. And the good news here was that the Republicans re retained the firm majority in the Senate, which makes it really tough for Democrats to push through uh, stuff like um, antitrust measures on big tech firms. So that reduces the breakup risk on companies like Facebook and, and, and even uh, Google. Uh, so tech stocks outperform again, as we've seen uh, yesterday. That's for good reasons. Um, however, um, the also you know, the Democrats also retain uh, the, the House, uh, although they lost some seats, but they still retain a majority in the House. So the likelihood of the hung uh, parliament, <laughs> so to say, is uh, very likely again. Um, and uh, as you know, whoever is the president don't pass bills. They, they can veto, but they don't really pass bills, so, which leads us to Biden's foreign policy uh, on China. It's still hostile towards China, but... Again, more one version that's more towards using the WTO, engaging international allies to pressure China than to do unilateral actions such as a trade war. So overall, again, another, another relative positive for markets. Uh, so I think that the, the folks are clearing and the markets are, are really stabilizing and looking quite strong. Yeah, no, thanks, Freddie, for that, for that update. I think, you know, uh, you made a good point, you know, because a lot of people are only looking at the, the president-elect, right? Because that's the, the big prize. But yeah, there were a, lo a lot of fear that, the, you know, the Democrats would actually sweep completely, uh, you know, House as well as the Senate away. And then there would be a lot of uh, power in their hands, right? Yes. <laughs> so so good, good, good summary of that, Freddie. Um, the next thing that was obviously in big news uh, over the weekend and early part of the week is... Um, the highly looked for out for and financial IPO, right? Oversubscribed, huge uh, build up listing in, uh, in uh, Hong Kong and China and Shanghai, right? Um, was pulled last minute. Um, can you update maybe the listeners a little bit what happened and then also what implications does it have for statutory since, you know, we, we do have um, KWEB, which is a Chinese technology ETF that does have um, Alibaba, the parent company of N Financial, um, as one of the holdings. Well, uh, it was a very last minute uh, shocker for N Financial for sure and for investors who were gearing up to, to join the IPO. Um, and allegedly it was due to Jack Ma's comments, which I would rather not uh, dive into. 
but more about taking a more objective approach. If you look at what the regulators, the central banks have said in China, is that end financial is fast becoming a systemically large institutions in China. And however, it's the deposit requirement, capital requirements, and all, all those regulatory ang- uh, uh, parameters uh, remain much like a fintech uh, uh, company rather than a big banking institution sort of requirements. So they, the sad reason was to review uh, capital requirements, uh, risk, uh, risk parameters, and uh, perhaps to implement a stringent, more stringent measure for their capital uh, reserves before the IPO can go on. So that was the official reason. And actually to me, that makes a lot of sense uh, because you're going public and you're huge. So you're taking deposits now. So. <laughs> Big, big, uh, big IPO. Exactly right, right. And a lot of you know retail investors wanted their share share of it, right. So only only right that there will be a little bit more due diligence uh, being done. And uh, uh, having said that, um, yes, the KWEB, which is a Crane Shares um, China Innovations ETF that we have invested in, has close to ten percent of uh, uh, of its fund size holdings in Alibaba, um, and it does. Uh, I think that Alibaba itself contributed probably to a negative point nine percent point in return uh, these few days, but the, f- the the fund is so diversified that it's actually end up uh, end up with this week so far uh, a lot more positive. I, I haven't calculated, but off the back of the envelope, it's up about four point seven points out of uh, a, sh- a share yeah. price of seventy in the 75s. So it's up six percentage point roughly. Uh, so yeah. it didn't matter at all. So there's a power of diversification. Uh, I just want to remind uh, audience that that power remains in place. No, absolutely. And I think this is a good reminder for everyone, right? Like that, you know, in, not in picking individual shares, but own the sector, right? Own that piece of uh, um, the market and be diversified. Um, that's right, Freddie. Um, let's get to some questions. We actually got quite a few from last week uh, from listeners. So, uh, and for everyone that's new listening today, you know, feel free to always ask questions in the comments below so that Freddie and me or the team can pick those up for, for Freddie and myself to answer them. But let's get into them really quickly. The first one is from Ritz. Um, he's saying, what's the best way to lock in profits that we've gained without completely liquidating our portfolios on Stashaway? Well, um, that's akin to not withdrawing it, but more like adjusting your risk level. Um, but I would say, um, <laughs> the power of technology is that it allows you to do uh, flexibly what you want to do here, which is market timing in nature, which mm-hmm. is something that we do not really recommend. But, but we rather you review your risk level and as to why you are so uncomfortable with the current risk level in the portfolios you have and uh, review that reason and make a case for reducing risk. And that would be akin to sort of uh, what you're trying to achieve here, uh, logging in some gains with the higher risk points that has more exposure to riskier assets that's gained and moving into a more balanced portfolio where you become a bit more protective. And so there will be changes in the asset classes in the portfolio. So they will sort of make you lock in some of the gains in the aggressive sectors. But again, I would urge the reason to be more about your risk appetite than um, your market timing. Yeah. And I think the next one is almost like a follow-up question, right? But it's from Corey and he's saying, are you able to withdraw the profit out? 
Well, you can withdraw uh, anything you want. Um, there's no lockups like in traditional hedge funds. There's no withdrawal penalties or fees. Um, you click the button and, and it's just banking delays. Um, a day or two, you get it. Um, however, um, we would rather um, recommend you take a long view on it. What's the reason behind a withdrawal? If it's a cash need that's outside your investment plan, you have a sudden emergency, a sudden changes in the personal life that you want to withdraw, that's understandable. Um, but however, if it's due to a market uh, opinion or, or, or market timing reason, then try to actually review your risk appetite as to why you're uncomfortable and make the right risk adjustment rather than withdrawing completely. Um, the re uh, we, we have mentioned in the past before, the cost of market timing when you get it wrong is, is actually extremely high. Um, JP Morgan has done a study over a 25 year period in the past um, that if you get the, if you miss the top 10, just the top 10 days in that 25 year day, 25 year period for the S&P, your return actually would drop from 9.8 percentage point to 6.32. If you miss another top 10 days after that, it goes down the tree, tree in the trees. So just missing those little bit of a big days would lose the majority of return. So it shows the danger of market timing. Uh, so I just want to make sure the reason for withdrawing is actually more related to personal circumstances. Yeah. And then the next question, Freddie, came from Melvin. He's saying, since you guys have gold in the portfolio, are you considering adding cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin to the portfolio as well? Um, has been doing pretty well since the March crash this year. Well, um, we are always on the lookout for new differentiated asset classes to add into uh, the flagship portfolios. Uh, however, there are also regulatory uh, standards and constraints. And in the case of um, uh, Bitcoin or specific uh, uh, currencies, uh, cryptocurrencies, um, it makes it, if they are quite, today they are tough to qualify as uh, exam investment product. Exam investment product are basically simple product for retail investors to, to invest in. If they are not EIP, meaning they're not simple, uh, there will be additional hurdles and requirement and due diligence that needs to be done and needs to be approved by regulators before uh, we can move on. So uh, it's actually more from this angle that is uh, harder to, for us to actually just uh, include uh, the, those cryptocurrencies in the portfolio. So it's less likely today um, but as things improve and standards improve in the segment uh, and we are monitoring uh, all the time, they will make it one day, but not today. <laughs> so that will be my summary answer. Uh, but we are looking into uh, broadening it, uh, not just a single token, but how about even looking at blockchain technology rather than the cryptocurrencies as a whole as another segment to consider, right? So these are things that we are constantly uh, um, on the lookout for and reviewing for. Uh, today is not happening, but uh, we are monitoring for improvement in regulatory parameters uh, for, for reasons to include them. Yeah. And then the last question, Freddie, for today, I know we had a lot of them, but uh, JJ Toh, he's asking, um, so Statuary has an income portfolio that is based on the Singapore market, right? Our Singapore-based income portfolio. Um, is the Statuary investment team currently looking into or considering an income portfolio that's based overseas, such as a US-based income portfolio? Um, yes, we are. Uh, this is a short answer um, because uh, it's part of our ongoing efforts to 
brought in the offerings and we where we hear you uh, it's on the table we are actually looking at a global version of that it's not just us uh, we are looking at something that could potentially be way more diversified across geographies and currencies. So uh, it is a work in progress. Um, so bear with us. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> and again, if you have any other questions, feel free to put them in the comments. So we'll pick them up next week, uh, Freddie and myself. Um, with that being said, we have a few upcoming things that I wanted to still mention. Uh, so we have a couple of webinars coming up in Singapore. We actually have a Stashway Investment Certification Workshop that's on the 21st of November. Um, so in a couple of weeks, uh, it's from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So if you want to um, attend that, you can sign up with the links in the, in the description below, as well as on our website. And for our Malaysian listeners, we have an, a webinar about an inside look into Stashway. So it kind of like you can ask a bunch of questions about how Stashway works, what you always wanted to ask us. 11th of November, 6 to 7 for Malaysia. Again, sign up is in the description below. Um, also, one last thing that I want to mention is we have our new podcast episode releasing today. Uh, it was um, all things venture capital. Our guest for this episode is uh, Tusha Roy. He's a partner at Squarepack Capital, uh, one of our um, investors into Stashway. And he shares how venture capital firms operate, the funding amounts, what draws them to making investment decisions. And he also shares about what excites him about Southeast Asia currently. So um, if you're considering approaching a VC for funding, um, if you're thinking to invest through a VC, whatever that might be, um, this episode is not to be missed. So head on to stashway.com slash podcast to listen to it. And also, again, the link is also in the description below. And you can find that on all different podcast uh, hosting sites as well. With that being said, have everyone a wonderful rest of your week. And Freddie and myself will welcome you all back next week. Bye-bye.